What radio, the music you want. With your host, he's Dan. Gonna be a sparkling day. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live in a living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time, DJLittleRock.com. Check availability, get a free price quote, and maybe you can have me at your next event. You know I like to party with the people. The people need to be entertained. Are you not entertained? Let me entertain you. Speaking of entertainment, today on the program, I have legendary performer Frazier Newcomb. Oh, yeah, he's been doing it for a bit. He's out of Halifax, Nova Scotia. That's up in Canada for all of my friends that don't know geography. And uh, he's been doing it since he was nine years old or since he was a, a wee tot. And... um you know, he's been playing this country music, this uh, good old time country music. And I'm very excited to let you hear a little bit more about Fraser Newcomb. So stoked. And he's also involved with the big records and the Rise Up TV. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next few minutes as well. Oh, this week's shows. Let's see. I have one public show for you this week, uh, this weekend. It's on uh, Friday. At the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, the video dance party karaoke jam. Yes, I said karaoke. Uh, you're the stars of the show. They got a uh, full bar, kitchens open, good food in the kitchen. Check that out. Pool tables. They got 10 diamond style professional pool tables, and they got a pool tournament on Friday night. So if you want to try your hand at playing pool and possibly make some money while you're doing it, I encourage you to check out the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Good times at the Rab. Starts at 8 p.m. on Friday night, and we go until 12.30 in the AM in the wee hours of the morning on Saturday. And then on on Saturday, ooh, Saturday, I do have kind of a public show. If you if you care to run, I will be part of the, of the Conway, Arkansas uh, Marathon. I'll be uh, on the corner of Nutter's Chapel and Old Military playing music for the runners as they run by uh, the the gentlemen or the people at that corner allow me to use the electricity in their house. So I'm very excited uh, to be doing this again. I think this is either the second or third. It's at least the second time that I've been uh, playing music for the Conway, Arkansas marathon. So if you're anywhere in Conway, Arkansas and you want to run or you just want to come say hi, uh, I'll be wearing my toga. I'm not sure if I'm going to wear the white toga or the black toga or a red and white checkered toga like they did on Animal House. But uh, I'll be there <laughs> playing the music for the people that are running by. I'm not running. No, no. I'll be running the soundboard. And that's a, that's as much running as I'm going to be doing. <laughs> and that's uh, Saturday morning. And then Saturday evening, I have a wedding. Yeah. So uh, unless you're invited, you cannot come to this wedding. Why am I mentioning it? Because I love doing weddings. I love being pe- part of people's big days. It's Derek's wedding. And uh, if you don't know Derek's last name, then obviously you weren't invited. But I- I've been friends with Derek for a long time, and I'm really excited that he invited me to be a part of his big day. And I get to play the music for him and his family and his lovely bride, of course. Not necessarily in that order. Let me let me try that again. Him his lovely bride, and his family and friends. Yes. So uh, I get to be a part of their big day. 
Very excited. Speaking of excited, let's get into it with the Fraser Newcomb. Now, I got him on Zoom, so if you're listening to the audio version of this, I encourage you to check out the video version on my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Keys Dan. Zooming Fraser Newcomb now. Hey, there he is. As I live and breathe, Fraser Newcomb in my face. Oh, I'm so happy to see you. It's been it's been a tough time trying to figure out these time zones, but I think we've finally figured it out. <laughs> how yeah, we've are th- figured out now. <laughs> yes, how are things in Halifax, Nova Scotia? Oh, snowy, snowy a little bit. Well, you know, I always think of Canada as being ice and snow all the time, uh, 365 oh. days a year. And um, I, I've been told that it's not like that. There are about three or four days of summertime. It is, it, <laughs> well, actually, this year it seemed like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, tell me. All right. I, I've looked you up a little bit. I've, I've found a little bit about you. You got that old timey that taking it back to classic country that I love that you're, t- you know, it's got the twang. It's got the steel guitars. It's got the the. You know, it, it's got the feeling of old country from the 30s, from the 40s, from, the, from even into the 50s. Um, give the people an idea of who you are, Fraser Newcomb. Well, I just, uh, <laughs> I was in the music since I was a kid, actually. And then I dropped it. When I went in the service, I stopped it. And then when I come back, uh, we sort of got together uh, as a family band. We had a big reunion and uh, the family all went through separate ways so i stayed on as a solo and uh so i kept on going then i started writing songs and here i am today <laughs> see there's always that one in the family that uh, they call it the black sheep of the family the one that doesn't go the route of a normal quote unquote uh business plan uh you 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 take your you know you could be a doctor a lawyer a uh, you know a, a um somebody a, an upstanding citizen uh, of the um uh, of the of the country of the community but uh you've taken this business we call show and, and made it your life but i want to go back a little bit uh i mean there's a small little bio on your twitter that says you were born in murphy's cove on the eastern shore of halifax nova scotia coming from a large family of nine children he learned the value and it stops there learned the value of what well, then the values of uh, just general home style living, and and the values of the the, the lum- I worked in the lumber camps when I was twelve years old, uh, driving a horse. <laughs> so- <laughs> Wait a minute! Uh, now now we're going back. This you can't, you can't be back. you can't be that old man. Uh, there were cars invented. Uh, you know there 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 was uh, machinery. Uh, the the cotton gin was around when you were born. Uh, you know, but um, <laughs> you say you were still on horse drawn. And, and I know that, that that didn't go out of fashion, really, until cars uh, got a little more trustworthy. So in Nova you? Scotia, you're working horse and, horse and buggy still. <laughs> horse and buggy, yeah. We're, we're back in the 50s, 60s, there were still horse and buggies. Okay. And actually, in the 60s, 70s, there was uh, horses that worked in the lumber. There was no machinery back there then, down here anyway. 
They've already been in the USA or, or uh, Western Canada, but uh, we, we were born brought up the hard way. We, then, we were, and then in the spring, we'd go lobster fishing and haul out 365 lobster pots by hand. No, no trawler, no haulers, no, nothing, no automatic stuff then. Just named Brian Muscle. Now you're playing my song. I'm I'm from the Florida Keys, so I know about lobsters. I I've never taken 365 at a time, but I've taken one at a time where I go down and free dive. Now my stepdad is really good at free diving, you know, 10 or 12 or even 20 feet and grabbing one of the uh the bugs and bringing them back up to the surface. But you're taking them a lot at a time. Now the other thing that I'm I'm tickled by is your horse and buggy, I think you would you would have lived just fine amongst the Pennsylvania Dutch, the Amish. Uh, you, are, are you a man living without electricity, without the comforts of life? Did you have an outhouse? Uh, tell tell me the story of of a young Fraser Newcomb. Well, when I was born, when we were young, when I was probably eight or nine, I remember the old outhouse. There was no doubt in that, <laughs> and we, we had a two story, and the girls were up up on the top story, and we were down below. <laughs> let's hope that the outhouse was not on the top story and they were uh doing their business to you down below <laughs> the men were, the men were down below. <laughs> okay I, I i used to have a well my grandparents had a place in ramrod key down in the florida keys and it was a two-bedroom i think it had electricity but i do remember that it had an outhouse so as a child yes i remember going to an outhouse when i visited grandma and papa so, uh, yeah. yeah, there, there is that, but I, I didn't have, I, I, I feel like I always had the creature comforts, but you, you were born in a time way before this technology where I could speak to someone in Halifax, you know, maybe Dick Tracy was a comic strip where he had, uh, his special watch that he could see, uh, his two way wristwatch radio where he could see his boss and get the information that he needed to get the job done. But here we are all the way in the future, doing what Dick Tracy only dreamed of doing when, we were, when, you were, when you were a child. Now, you're born, and you say you're around 9 or 10 years old in the 50s, so I'm guessing you're born, what is it, 40s maybe? Uh, 1940, October 22nd, 1940. I 1940. So you lived through the, this time of technology, and you've seen a lot of things that have, have built up well, I mean, what are, what are the main technological advances that that you feel like have uh, been a benefit to to the world, and um, and then you know which ones have, have been a hindrance? Uh, you know, well, these kids some, today. Yeah, sometimes I wonder what's good and what's bad. You know, like if I go back to my day, I would prefer that as compared to today. To be honest with you, I know computers and zooms and technologies is the thing of thing of the future i know that but uh, i'm not saying it's for the best or not saying it's for the worst but uh, you know it 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 does has its pluses and its minuses well i know when i wanted to visit with my friends i would have to physically go to their houses when i was a child in the 70s i would ride my bike over or before that even walk next door cuz I, I wasn't allowed to go outside of the block i could only go around the block i wasn't allowed to cross the street so uh, that was when I was very, very young. So the only way to visit and to know if your friends were home is to go to their house and knock on their doors and yeah. see if they were home. And and that I, I do miss that. I do miss that. Yeah, children going outside and playing. You no, know, but now, hmm, 
Now you don't have to. Now it's, it's you know, you pick up your phone and you kind of, you can text them. You can look at them. Okay. Yeah. Let's take it back to a simpler time, a simpler days. You're listening to music. You're not only listening to music, but you're making music with your family. Tell me how that came about. Who was, whose well, idea was that? Well, my father was a singer. He, he was a good singer. And my mother played mobile organ and she sang some. So therefore, it was in the household to start with. So then all my, basically all my sibling, sibling, siblings played some kind of music. We, we learned our own. We learned it on our own. We never took a lesson. There was no such thing as going to music lessons or anything like that. Our friends would come in with guitars and fiddles and play. And we just picked it up from there. We just kept the, the thing going. Well, there's only a few good reasons to have nine children. Uh, you know, you could start your own baseball team or you could start a band. And, and you well, took the did, latter. We had, we, we had our own band. We had our own band. I had my uh, brother-in-law played fiddle. My nephew played drums. My sister played banjo. My other sister sang and played whatever, guitar and stuff. And my brother, he played fiddle and sang and all. So, and my other brother was a step dancer and, and an actor sort of a thing. So we had it all, we had it all alone for us, but, uh, they all went by the wayside because they, they didn't want to do it anymore, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I stayed with it. I stuck with it. Well, it's a tough um, job. It's a hustle. It's, you know, you're always going from, you know, from one gig to the next, not knowing if it's ever going to play. Uh, in fact, I had two gigs cancel on me last weekend because of rain and they were both yeah. outside. So that does happen. You know, where I was expecting to have a paycheck last weekend, no paycheck. And uh, that's the trouble with this uh, this show business is you never know if it's going to work out that way. It's good to have a, a, a day job, a steady gig that will offer you maybe a, a morsel of, uh, you know, a small amount of paycheck that may or may not sustain you. And, but with great risk comes great reward. The entertainment business, the money can be good, but the work's not steady. So uh, you you chose this life where you might be uh, a, a starving artist. I've heard that that term thrown around. But there was something that broke it up in the middle. You said you joined the service. Why did you join the service? It seemed like maybe you were too young for World War II and maybe just old enough for Korea. Why? What made you join the service, and what no, what service I, did you no, join? I joined the service of free will. There was no there was no uh, action going on. And uh, my son, uh, my son's cousins and what have you, they joined the service. So I thought it was only right for me to do so. <laughs> so I did, and I don't regret doing it. It was a good. I joined in 1959, I think it was. And uh, I done uh, 10 years in there. And it was a great, great experience. Then when I got out, I still run my own business today. So I have a business, a flooring business that I run today, white plank flooring. Because if I relied on the music business, I'd be hungry. <laughs> Very good that you came out with a, a skill uh, that, uh, well, what job did you do and what branch of service were you in? I was in the engine room. I was an engineer. In what branch? Stoker. Stoker. No, what branch? Engineering. In the Army? No, no, Navy. Navy, Navy okay. Ships. That's it. Navy, naval engineers. Now the CBs yeah. very famous here in the United States. The the construct the the naval construction. They they're the ones that help build bridges uh, all around the world. I I do appreciate naval engineering for sure. I mean, is that something that you did? Did you travel no, around no. the world? Well, I was in the engine room, in the engine room mostly in the mm -hmm. engineer. Did you travel? Oh yeah, I was sail all over the world pretty much. 
Where'd you go? What, what was the what was the places oh, to be? Oh, I was in Bermuda. We were in down the, through the states, all up through the Great Lakes, uh, San Juan, Jamaica, Iceland, Greenland. You name it, we were all all over. Now, did you br- happen to bring a, a guitar with you, or a fiddle, or some oh, sort of musical instrument? I had a guitar on the ship with me, and uh, a bunch of us would get together and jam here and there, do our do our thing, you know, on the ship and stuff like that. I oh, bet it was you, great fun. Yeah, I bet you that made you very popular in downtime. That's fantastic oh, that you had that. Did, did any of the other uh, other uh, crew members have instruments as well? Or? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There were several on there. Guitars and fiddles and banjos. And, oh, yeah. There was, uh, you know, we'd all get together in the mess and play around and have fun. And that was all, you know, it was all good. Not all the time, but periodically. Now, I know it wasn't easy to record things at the time. It was, you we know, the, so you probably, recorded. you don't have any recordings of that at all. We never had a recording, no. We didn't have any of those cell phones today that you can press a button and record. <laughs> that is correct. I mean, I, I know that, uh, well, I mean, one, one thing that came out of uh, World War II was, uh, was recording, was, uh, was a lot of the, um, the instruments, and that's, uh, you know, yes, war is bad. I don't like it. I wish we didn't fight. But technological advances are a thing when people fight with with one another. They, you know, they want to outdo each other and very yeah, quickly. And um, but the, you know, one thing is that the uh, the the armed services do happen to get the 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 technological advances first. So you were at the cutting edge. You know, even being in the engine room, you probably had uh, some fine engine equipment that you know the normal quote unquote person like like myself. Wouldn't have is that right? It was diesel engines. There was everything there, and I know. But uh, when I, you know, I had an old reel-to-reel tape recorder when I got out of the service, <laughs> and uh, I don't know whatever became of it. And moving from here to there, I guess it just got on the way laid. But I did have one of them. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate a reel-to-reel. That's a you know, for my loyal listener, that's way too young to know. Uh, we used to record on uh, on magnetic tape, and, and yeah. one reel would hold the, the majority of the tape and it would feed through a machine and be fed onto another reel. Uh, you know, if anybody, uh, you know, saw a movie reel, it, it's similar to that and it would get recorded onto that magnetic tape. And um, to, to edit, you had to cut and splice the tape to get things together, which is why on your computer, if you look up there, it says cut and then the other one says paste. And that's exactly what you had to do with this tape when you wanted to to uh, uh, record, yeah, I I did that back in the in the in the mid eighties when I first started on the radio, and uh, I, I do appreciate that technology and and the advancements that we made since then. But in the fifties, you didn't have that in the. But what where did you learn the flooring uh, business? Was that something that was also in the family, or was that something you picked up on your own? Say again. The flooring business was that something oh, the in the family. Now, uh, or was that, that something for, you picked up oh, on your own? Yeah, well, years and years, I, I, I did that. We, I started in the flooring business when I was working for other companies, and then I gradually got into it myself. Nowadays, I'm into the white plank flooring, which not too many people are. It's quite different, and we have a lot of fun with it, and we make a, a half-decent living. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing that I missed when I was in my 20s. I used to work for True Value. Uh, we used to work for a lumberyard. I would work out in the lumberyard, cutting steel, uh, lifting plywood, you know, getting things, uh, the materials uh, needed to build anything. And then one of my great pleasures was building said things, building a little house, building a little dog house, building a, 
a birdhouse. That's how you start when you're a young child. But then, you know, you start slowly grow into building, you know, maybe making a deck for your grandmother, maybe making a, 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 an off room, you know, designing the flooring. These are things working with your hands is a skill that I don't want people to lose. It's slowly getting taken over by machinery. And, you know, the AI is going to be taking over the thinking for the people and the machines are going to be taking over the skills of the people. I mean, do, are you still as a person who owns a flooring company? Do you have apprentices that that you, you start off at when they're young and then you slowly teach them? How to do things properly? Yeah, I, 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 we still do things by hand a lot now. We, we have machinery, of course, for the other jobs. But I, I've taught a lot of young kids how to work, which is uh, the ethics of working, and which is a hard one today because the kids today coming out there, I don't know how many I went through, but, but you know, to, but the work ethics is a big, big thing which the kids today are not learning. That's my opinion. Yeah, I think the kids today is probably going to be the title of this podcast because, uh, you know, I, I think I, I, even at 54 years old, I'm still think I'm thinking about the times, you know, when I was in my 20s, I, I would I, I would I was a pipe fitter. You know, I was working for a fire fire extinguisher company. I was a firefighter. But then on my off days, I would work for a fire extinguisher company and I would learn how to pipe fit uh, fit pipe. I knew how to how to how to thread pipes and I would work with black pipes and my hands would come home. I would come home with black hands, all calloused. And it was it was good work. It was good, hard work. You didn't make a a lot of money at it, but it was good, hard work. And it made you feel like you did something like you accomplished something. It was was an honest living. (laughs) And you're still doing it. You're still doing it. You're still, still uh, you know, teaching people how to make floors. What This white plank thing. That sounds like something I want to know more about. What is the white plank? Well, you go on my website, uh, Newcomb's Original White Plank Flooring, and you'll see the whole thing. I will do. I will do that. I mean, the only thing I found about your music, and I, I am going to get back into the music now, is um, yeah, you got a Twitter, you got a Facebook, and you got all your stuff. You got a few things on YouTube, and but um, when you were with your family, with your, those uh, eight brothers and sisters, I, I heard a lot of fiddles. A lot of uh, violins in there. So either either you're going to go into classical music or you're going going to go into uh, good old timey country music. Which which one good, did you go into? Good old timey country music, without no other question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no question. Now, who were the influences that that uh, you were listening to back in the fifties and forties and fifties? Uh, you know who who was who was uh, making you. Feel good and tap your feet. Hank Snow. You ever heard tell him? That is what I was going to get to. Hank Snow. Hank Snow. Okay. This is a man, you know, born, at, you know, just after the turn of the century, uh, died just at, just before the turn of this last century. But all through, he's doing the yodeling and the twang and the the classic country style that you're feeling. You know, you got Hank Snow, you got Hank Williams, the Hanks, the Hanks seemed to be be doing it right, uh, you know, when back then. And it wasn't even I don't even think it was called country music. I think it was called music. There was either music that was good or music that was bad, you know, and, and if you liked it, it got on the radio. If you didn't like it, it went by the wayside. 
Hank Snow, what does he mean to you? Hank Snow was born and brought up not too far from where I am today. My father played guitar with him, with Hank Snow, at the, the local dance halls around this area back then until Hank moved on to the state where he got his horse, Shawnee, and uh, he went on from there to become a superstar, which is uh, which is a great blessing for, you know. Yeah, it's good to have a, a hometown boy that does good. He, 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 he went the path of like Roy Rogers, you know, going and making movies and TV. Uh, you know, I, I, this is what I'm, I'm thinking, but it, you, you could tell the story more because you not only love Hank Snow, you do a tribute show to him. And what made you want to do that? Well, I well I wrote a song about him, Hank Snow on the Battery Radio. I don't know if you heard that or not, but it's on the YouTube. And uh, that song is in the museum down here, his museum down here today. And it became a hit all in over in New York and played through the United States and Canada. That one song that I wrote is a tribute to Hank Snow. It's called Hank Snow and the Battery Radio. Back then, it was the old battery radio, not electricity. Well, I see it. Uh, on, I found it on the YouTube, and there's a static picture of you holding a really fancy guitar. I have no idea what that is. It looks really neat. And then there's a picture a of a... Uh, what's that? It's a lobster guitar. A lobster guitar. I could see the, I could see the pinchforks now. I, now, <laughs> all right. You're a man who not only... Uh, fetched lobsters out of the sea, but you play a lobster. How long have you had that lobster guitar? About three years now, three four years. <laughs> now, that I, that song. Now, I try. Uh, went online and I searched worldwide for that guitar for someone to make me a lobster guitar. All right, no, you have to give credit. Thought, yeah, give credit where credit is due. I was a little nuts. They all thought, so I found an eighty-year-old guy. In Moncton, New Brunswick, and I went to see him, and he was a guitar maker. So he he looked at me like I was some kind of a nut. So <laughs> so I said, "Well, you make me one, and I'll be back." So I went back, and he looked at me. He said, "You were serious, weren't you?" I said, "Yes, I was serious." I said, "You may." He said, well, "Show me what you want." I said, "You're the maker. Make me a lobster guitar. I'll be back and, and pick it up when I do the next TV show. We were doing a TV show up that way. So sure enough, he made it. Two months later, we were doing the show in his in his area. So he said he was going to bring the guitar over. So he brought the guitar over. I said, okay, thank you. How much do I owe you? Oh, no. He said, you're not getting it until you play it on stage here tonight. <laughs> I never picked it up in my life. So I played it that night, a couple of songs at the show. And I stood in the lineup for two hours after the show was getting pictures taken. It was a real, real hit. And still is today when I go on stage with it. They love it. Well, that's something that that every good performer needs is a niche. Uh, Well, sometimes you need a gimmick. You know, some some people are born with it. Some people can just make it on their good looks, on their talents alone. But if you have that one thing that sets you apart if you do something poorly do it really poorly if you do something well do it really well but you decided that you wanted to have a lobster guitar yes that is going to set you apart not only do you have the talent to play said guitar but you have this guitar and i'm glad you gave credit where credit is due the man is getting up there in age you say he's in his 80s when uh when he's building it for you i hope that's a skill that he's passing along to the next generation teaching them how to build those guitars how to make you know make things with their hands man i'm gonna go back to that as well you need to 
just you know, yes, a machine can probably make three uh, D print a guitar for you, but there's nothing like somebody using their hands to build a Stradivarius, to build a, a Gibson guitar, to build a, a, a Fender guitar by hand. Uh, you know, oh, could you? Oh, just uh, I'm thinking about just working with your hands. I had that guitar down, and I played the Nashville Center Stage, played Branson Center Stage. I played it down in Somerset, Kentucky, and they were all in awe about that guitar. <laughs> they were, some of them were calling it a crawfish. <laughs> when you go further south, that's what they think. <laughs> I could but see anyway, that. they never seen anything like it, and they were shoving needles in the claws of it, and they're checking for drugs, which, which they didn't find, of course. <laughs> Oh, I had some great experiences. <laughs> so. Well, that's that's a part of the life of a musician. Sometimes oh, yeah. uh, substances are involved. Uh, so the cops are going to be a little suspicious of a musician before anybody else. <laughs> Even a musician that is as seasoned as you are, my friend. But, uh, you know, hey, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, tell me, coming up through the music business, has has any of that ever uh, been a, uh, befallen you? Are are you are okay? Are you working with a band or well, or do you have? Are you solo only with a guitar? No, no, I, I have a band or I go solo sometimes, depending on the show. And sometimes I just pick up a bass player or, or lead player or whatever. But uh, I mix it up. But we I do have my own band and then we play around here quite a bit. But uh, most of them don't want to travel anymore and all that stuff. So. Well, that's I'll, the, be doing, the, I'll be going in March. I'll be going to Pigeon Forge to uh, the North American Country Music Association International, which I was inducted into last year. So, uh, And I'll be going back down again this year, and uh, we plan on doing some more tours of the States and stuff like that, have some fun. And I'll be back in Ontario, which is in Upper Canada, and we'd always do a 10-day tour up there, which we did last year. We'll be doing another one this year. And I'll be going, I think we're going to hit up a big records uh, tour of Newfoundland and down east with big records. He wants me to get involved in that. I was already in New York with with big records and and around. So he had a couple of tours with uh, Rise Up TV, stuff like that. I I think you're familiar with all them. Yeah, I've been talking to a lot of the folks from Big Records, and it seems like they're they're pushing their artists up. You know, I, I don't know uh, what they make out of it, but I'm 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 glad to see that there's a group of people that seem to care about their musicians, that they want to 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 get them out in front of as many people as possible, uh, in as friendly, as many ears as possible. Their their artists are are. Uh, you know, they, they, a lot of them have been right here where you are, right in front of me on this podcast. And yeah. I'm very excited to talk to a lot of them. Uh, the Rise Up TV is another, another faction of that is you, you not only get yeah. to hear the, the people on their, on your various recording devices, but you also get to see them in your face on video. And that, that's a, it's a nice thing for me. Ever since, uh, MTV came out, I've really been, uh, fascinated by the music videos and ever since uh, the ability for me to to put the videos uh, together when I'm at the clubs when I'm at the parties where I'll put up a, a TV screen and I'll play the music videos they get a visual as well as an audio and it just adds that much more uh, flavor for the for the person who's viewing for the consumer so it, you know it, I know 
that you've been in this business called show and it has to be in your blood if you've been sticking with it for all these years. I know your family, you, they, you say that they gave it up a long time ago, but obviously there's something that's pushing you to go further. Are you writing songs? Are you? Oh, I wrote, I, I've written about 50 songs or more. I've just got, I got four new ones I've written now and you're just waiting to get recorded. So, uh, well, okay. Give songs. credit where credit is due. Who's, who's helping you to, to find the recording studio or do you have one well, in your I, own home? One of my band members who is, uh, he owns his own recording studio. So, uh, he and I get along quite well, but he's busy as, he's busy as all get out. He does all my recording. So I've got 10 out there now, 10 or 11 out there now, uh, full pledged CDs and I got a lot of my own songs on there and what have you. <clears throat> so it's a, uh, I've been busy. <laughs> well, I noticed, uh, you know, for anybody listening to the audio version of this, check out the video version. You'll see that a lovely lady just uh, came into the screen and, and uh, set down a drink. And that was so yeah, nice. <laughs> Probably your biggest fan. And and hey, what does she think about all this? You going out in the road, or does she come she's with my, you? She's my enabler. <laughs> if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing any of this. She picked it up on. She picked that up on it fifteen, twenty years ago when I did my first. She gave me a first recording for uh, my birthday or something, Christmas. And that started it. <laughs> well, every good addict needs an enabler. You know, whether you're addicted to uh, uh, substances or you're addicted to being on the stage in front of hundreds, maybe thousands of people and uh, and playing for them and feeling uh, the roar of the crowd, uh, just feeling love and, and emotion from people that are playing, that are feeling good because of something that you're playing, something that you created. You have 50 songs. And I did hear the Hank Snow and the Battery Radio. It's it's a beautiful tune, you know, and I, I'm going to put the link in the show notes below so people can can uh, hear that song as well. And that's not the only song that you have out there. You have uh, quite a few others as well. I mean, where can people pick up, pick up all that fine music? Well, you can go on my website, uh, Fraser Newcomb music.com and it's all there everything's there or they can call big records big records has got a track of me out wherever i go or they can send me an email fraser at bellalion.net it's all on my website anyway so you can get they can just call me or send me an email or whatever and i'll I'll make sure they get a copy well is that where people can find out uh, where you're going to be playing because you you did list out a big set of shows you got a tour that's coming up yeah we got a tour coming up and uh, it'll all be on my website but whatever's coming up i'm gonna i'm getting stuff together and it, he's going to be busy putting it on my site <laughs> all right well that'll be the top link in the show notes below well i don't yeah. want to take a lot more of your time uh, this uh zoom thing i hardly ever use it but it only gives me a lit- limited amount of time but uh, i know we've only scratched the surface of who fraser newcomb is and i encourage my lo- loyal listener to uh to find out more just by clicking the links i got your facebook i got your twitter and i got your website and then i have that uh hank snow and the battery radio uh youtube version uh, on there as well but uh i want you to give shout outs to people give credit where credit is due your bandmates or or whoever's helped you along the way yeah well my bandmates is uh jim francis bobby chipman lorna letcher i got several of other ones there and uh they can and but joanne is she's a she's a pusher behind everything 
Well, that's the thing about, uh, you know, having a bunch of bandmates is some some of them cannot go on the road at certain times. So trying to get a get together a group of people uh, to go travel with you is kind of hard to do. So it seems like you have uh, some bandmates that are in Nova Scotia, maybe some in Kentucky and maybe around the states. Yeah, I do have some down the states there down in uh, Somerset, Kentucky. I got a band down there. That's willing to jump in up with me anytime. We already used them once or twice. And also in Branson, Ontario, uh, Branson, Missouri, there's a couple of guys up there that really like playing with me. So I can, in Ontario, there's more. It's all over. <laughs> well, it's nice to be a part of this music community. It's so interesting to know how tight knit they are. And you have the oh, big yeah. records. You have the Rise Up TV. I was told I needed to mention all that. So definitely you're part of that. And I'm happy that you are. Fraser Newcomb, I always finish these things off with last words for the people. I don't want this to be the last time that we talk. As time progresses and you have other things to promote, I want you to come on back anytime you want. Um, but Fraser Newcomb, I want you to give, uh, you know, a, this could be words to live by, something you heard a long time ago, or, you know, maybe a mantra you wake up with or whatever pops into your head at this moment in time. Fraser Newcomb. Give the last words for the people. Okay. First of all, I want to thank you very much for having this interview. I appreciate that. I want to thank Big Records and, and Rise Up TV also because they, they they're the ones that made this possible. And uh, looking forward to doing another interview whenever we see it fit. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Yeah, words of wisdom. Did you hear that? <laughs> Live for the day, the hell of it tomorrow. <laughs> Not the, not the way she said it. <laughs> well, there you have it, party people. Frazier Newcomb. What a cool guy. The guy's been doing it for a long time. And he's got a lovely lady in his corner that's uh, enabling him. That's allowing him to do these things. It's hard on the family being a touring musician. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, and... And, uh, you know, if you didn't have family that was backing you up, if I didn't have family that was backing me up doing the 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 events that I do, uh, I'm just I'm glad that he's got love. He's got music and he's got the flooring business as well. I'm going to have to put that uh, flooring business in the show notes as well. If you need any flooring done in the Nova Scotia area, I don't know how far he travels. But I encourage you to check out Fraser Newcomb because the day job is probably affording him to do the night job, you know, and the 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 show business, the the being in front of a crowd and and making people feel good just by singing and playing the music that you've created. Oh, I've never written a song, but I couldn't imagine, you know, writing a song, producing that song, arranging that song with a, a group of other people. And then playing it for a crowd and that crowd just digging it. Oh, so amazing. Fraser Newcomb, thank you so much. And that Hank Snow, twangy, old fashioned. For us, it's old fashioned. For you, it was what you loved when you were a kid. And that is probably the music that anybody likes today at any given time. The music that you liked when you were in high school, when you graduated high school, not when you were 17, 18, 19. Is probably the music that you're going to like for the rest of your life. For me, class of 86. So the music of the, of the mid-80s, especially, but the entire 80s really is what I like. So you graduating around the, the 50s, mid-50s to the late 50s, 
that's the music that you liked, and that's when Hank Snow was really at his at his peak of power. And um, you know, you have not only taken his uh, his uh, essence as a muse, but you've also added your own little spice to it. Thank you so much, uh, <laughs> Fraser Newcomb, for being on the podcast. That's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. I look forward to hearing uh, hearing more from Frank uh, from Fraser Newcomb in the near future. I'll keep up with him on his social media and his website, of course. And hopefully he comes close to me. Uh, Branson, Missouri, not too far. I've been close to there. I haven't quite been there. Well, I guess I went through there, but it was the middle of the night and I was driving. So I never really stayed in that town for too much of a, a length of time. But maybe I can make it up there and get to see one of Fraser Newcomb's shows. Kind of excited. Uh, and once again, this is, that's it for this edition of What Makes You Famous. Uh, now, if you, that's you, I'm turning my attention to you, my loyal listener. If you'd like to tell your story, or, or I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email keysdan at AOL.com. That's it for me. It's keysdan, radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcasts on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keysdan.com thank you for listening hey keys dan what you doing my line i'm playing the best music by request 24 hours a day click on the request tab at the top of radio what.com radio what.com radio what the music you want with some words to live by. You can get through anything if you stay put in today. A public service message from RadioWhat.com. The music you want.